0: This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we continue our adventures in Acts with Repentance That Leads to Life, First Called Christians, Martyrdom of James, Peter Rescued, and When You Pray But Don't Expect an Answer. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at theWordEndures.org or your favorite podcast provider.
1: The Lord has enlightened us in the true faith. and Chapter 41 Set forth your case, says the Lord. Bring your proofs, says the King of Jacob. Let them bring them, and tell us what is to happen. Tell us the former things, what they are, that we may consider them, that we may know their outcome, or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what is to come hereafter, that we may know that you are God's. Do good, or do harm, that we may be dismayed and terrified. Behold, you are nothing, and your work is less than nothing. An abomination is he who chooses you. I stirred up one from the north, and he has come, from the rising of the sun, and he shall call upon my name. He shall trample on rulers as on mortar, as the potter treads clay. Who declared it from the beginning that we might know, and beforehand that we might say, He is right? There was none who declared it, none who proclaimed, none who heard your words. I was the first to say to Zion, Behold, here they are, and I give to Jerusalem a herald of good news. But when I look, there is no one. Among these there is no counselor, who, when I ask, gives an answer. Behold, they are all a delusion. Their works are nothing. Their metal images are empty wind. <laughs> o Lord, have mercy upon us. Be to God. In many and various ways, God spoke to his people of old by the prophets. Amen.
0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Beloved, it takes very little effort for us today to point out all the idols in the world around us like Isaiah does in his indictment of them today. It takes very little effort indeed to point out all the things that the unbelievers in the world will cling to and clamber after in order to hear about, as Isaiah says, what past things mean and to hear about what things will come. Astrology, for one, is back in vogue, and so modern men, like their pagan ancestors of old, set their hearts and minds among the stars and all the things that shine above. They pray to and seek from their horoscopes and those who cast their horoscopes to learn their fortunes and their woes. And if the world out there is not interested in the stars, then they worship their own bodies. And I guarantee that it will not be very long now before we see them boldly depicting those parts of their bodies that they worship, the parts of the body that we now treat with modesty and shame. And they will do this in bold and brazen forms in public spaces just like the pagans of old did. They already fall down and worship those things in their hearts anyway. Yes, and the unbelieving world too, it sets up their little flags with their bold and brazen banners of pride and with their little pithy slogans on them all about the goodness that the future holds for those who follow their banner and who worship their god that they call progress. And we, beloved, we are right to look at all of these things, all of these idols, and all the idols that are like them. Too many to name here. And we are right to look at them and be disgusted by them. These things are false gods, worthless idols, They are set up in modern temples and shrines, and whatever they might predict about our future, whether for woes or fortunes, these things are ultimately lies and vanities. Yes, these worldly idols, beloved, are vanities and abominations before God, just as Isaiah said, and the Lord will soon come and wipe them all away. But, as I said, It is very easy for us to point out all the false gods out there and to imagine that we ourselves, that we have no worthless idols in our own midst, that we do not fall down and worship anything within the little shrines of our own hearts that are anything but God. We may call upon the name of the Lord in this heavenly court by coming to worship him in public services just like this one, and we're right to do this. This is a good thing. But how many of us also then go and bow down to those, for example, nine men and women who are seated in an earthly courtroom, saying to these created beings, these nine men and women in their little black robes, all dressed up in paraphernalia like we would a god or a goddess, and we say to these men, and we say, which of you nine, oh, you have powers like gods among men, don't you? Which of you nine can decide the fates of us all? Yes, which of you nine will show us some good for the future? And which of you nine will be the evil ones that pronounce to us some woe, woe of things to come? They will say to them, too, we say to them, interpret for us the things of the past and give us their meanings. Hurry, do us some good, we say to them, and let us consider your judgments as if they were divine. And if we do not now bow before those nine little men in their earthly court and temple in their little black robes, then how many of us turn to other powerful men who sit in the newsrooms or on Capitol Hill? These are, in other words, just other kinds of temples that we built with our own human hands. They just take another form than the temples in Isaiah's day. And we turn on almighty television, which takes the place of pride in our homes, just like an idol of old would have in the homes of a pagan. Yes, and we say to almighty television, that box of glass and metal which brings its own light into our hearts, and we look at almighty television and to the newsmen and the politicians on the screen, and we say, oh, tell us what we should know and what we should believe about the world. Tell us the meaning of things of old. Tell us what good or evil is in store for us today and tomorrow and the day after. Tell us things, tell us all these things. For without you, well, what could we know about the matters of this world? We do these things. And I could bring so many other idols that we ourselves as Christians who bear the name of Christ possess, all these little idols that we do have. We turn to little men in their little white coats who prescribe pills to make us fit and fine. We turn to JP Morgan and Chase and many others like them. But on all this, I think the point is quite clear, beloved. If we are to look at the idolatries of the world out there, with so much righteous indignation and disgust at those out there. If we are to look upon the worship rendered to those false idols as foolish nonsense, we say things in mocking ways. Oh, as if flags and stars and body parts could show us any good. Ha. If we are going to do this, then we must also be just as swift, if not swifter still, to look upon the idols that we are tempted to keep in our own hearts. For none of these things will ever give us what we desire. None of these things will look to none of these things that we look to will ever show us any of good and lasting things. None of them will ever give us any true and lasting benefit. No, but all of these idols beloved, the world's idols and our own, all of these will one day as Isaiah said be ground down into the dust when the Lord comes in his glory. He will come and he will grind all of these worthless things down into mortar. And he will make out of them his own and everlasting temple with that mortar. And in that temple, we will see the delusion of the world, our own delusions too, for what they are. And in that temple, we shall look upon the face of our God, the Lord Jesus Christ himself in the flesh. And we will know that he is the Lord and that there is none other. And we will know in that temple that he has brought to us his own flesh and good news of things to come. He has brought to us good news that the idols of this world cannot bring. He will bring to us the good news that he alone will provide and has provided for all the needs of our bodies and souls by the shedding of his own blood upon the tree and by rising again into new and everlasting life. Yes, beloved, and in that glorious temple on that day, which is even now, that temple which is not built with hands, when we are there, we will see what Isaiah himself saw, and we shall fall upon our faces in worship, worship of the one true and living God. And we will all sing out with him, with the seraphim, the thrice holy hymn. We shall all sing this, holy, 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 Lord God of Sabaoth, you have shown us the good which is to come. You will show us everlasting good in your world which has no end. Amen. And now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in faith in this same Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.
1: for all your benefits, and cheerfully serve you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray.
0: Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you.